Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast. Coming up on this week's show, we've got a blog chat with Gilberto Silver from GunnarBlog.com. The man in the bar will have a player history. Abue is here. We've got a tale of the unexpected and more. Stay tuned. So welcome to another show. You'll have noticed that we've kind of got new theme music this week. Well, it's not new. It's been remixed and refunkified by those wonderful people at thewayout.co.uk who wrote and produced that theme music, especially for the Arsecast. Uh, and now it's all funkier and moderner and groovier. And yeah, it's all pew pew. I love that. It'd be cool if everybody had their own theme music, wouldn't it? I mean, if you could like get somebody to write your own, you should go to thewayout.co.uk. They might write you some theme music of your very own. You would wonder what sort of songs people would have if they, they had a theme tune. For example, if, if John Terry were to have his own theme music, it, it might go a little bit like this. John Terry. Quite wonderful theme music, I think you you have to agree, and and perhaps Ashley Cole's theme music might might go like this. And I was uh, trying to find one for Didier Drogba, but I've scoured the internet from top to bottom, my friends. And there is no song called Hideous Mutant Bottling Predator Looking Diving Cheating Cunt From Hell. I know, it's hard to believe. <laughs> Seriously, all, all the time that Didier Drogba's been around and nobody, nobody has yet written that song. So there is a gap in the market for, for all you singer, songwriter, musician types out there. Do it. The world needs those lyrics. So uh, what's been happening in the world of Arsenal since we last spoke? Well, not a great deal. Uh, all the players are on the holidays and, and we're just, you know, surrounded by transfer speculation day in and day out. As I said on my blog, you know, I'm not going to get stressed by it at all. I refuse uh, to go chasing headlines and news feeds. When something happens, it happens. And then I will be content and I will say, oh, well, we've signed this player or we've sold that player. Que uh, sera, sera. However, uh, I don't think everybody else is really down with that. People are desperate, almost, for, for, for transfers. And we've only really just begun. It's not even June. We've got June, July, and the whole of August to go yet before uh, before all the transfer window stuff is over. So if people are getting this crazy now, 
come the end of July and August when the season's about to start, it's going to be crazy mental. People are going to die. I, I'm quite convinced of that. There's going to be at least one News Now-related death. Why? What happened? Uh, it looks like he was just sitting here pressing refresh on News Now for eight days. He didn't eat or drink. Look at him. He's covered in his own filth. He's just collapsed and died, looking for transfer rumors for Arsenal. I will not be that person. Absolutely not. And neither should you. You should enjoy the summer and drink beer and wine and have picnics. I realize that picnics bring you into contact with ants and wasps. Generally, when you have a picnic, there's a wasp. Always around the top of your can of Fanta, isn't there? The trick is, don't drink any Fanta. I found that that, that keeps things wasp-free. But anyway, that's it, that's it. I'm going to remain chilled and laid back and not stressed. I mean, you look at some sites and, and you know, there's this speculation from, what, four or five days ago about Nazri, and then you've got some sites saying, forget about this deal, this is ridiculous. If he wants to sign, he'll sign right now. If not, I demand we get somebody else. Fucking chill out, for fuck's sake. I mean, seriously. Who are you to fucking dictate the pace of Arsenal's transfers? Honestly, people just need to relax. That's what I think. If we get to the middle of August and, and we still haven't signed anyone, then I I will lead the panic. Honestly, I'll be out I'll, with, with placards and banners and one of those horns that goes... Eah. Seriously, I will be right there at the front. You can count on me to do that. But until then... Come on, just give it a bit of time. All right, then, I suppose to, to talk a little bit more about that and, and uh, who might be coming, who might be going, and, and all the hysteria surrounding transfers, and a little bit on the Champions League final, we'll go, we'll go talk to Gilberto Silver from uh, GunnarBlog.com. Hello, sir. Hello, good morning. Um, uh, how are you coping? We haven't, we haven't signed anyone really yet uh, since the transfer window's opened. Are, are you okay? I'm surviving, just. Uh, everything's all right situation is not critical yet it will uh, be though it will be it's going to get critical any second now is it yeah yeah apparently apparently because you know unless you go minute by minute you could end up in intensive care through lack of transfers jesus i know okay well we better sign someone really soon yeah really soon. otherwise we're all going to die well, we're all going to die yeah officially. and that's no good who's gonna who's gonna fill the stadium next season if we're all dead i don't know they're not thinking I about do us. Not no plastic fans, literally. Yeah, they're they're just not they're not considering the big picture here. It's the board, it's <laughs> bloody board. Damn them all. <laughs> um, what do you make of it? I know, you know, your blog's been going a long time. My blog's been going a long time, and every summer we get this uh, speculation regarding players and and what have you. Does it seem to you to be at a slightly different pitch this season, this summer? And we're only a few days into it. Well, maybe. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the blogs because I can't help but feel that's something to do with it in that there are now so many so many blogs, so many websites out there sort of trying to get hits, trying to get attention, that anything is spun into a sort of hyped version of, you know, of the truth. Any kind of transfer story is amplified massively. You know, you get these translations on various websites of the tiniest piece of information and it becomes regarded as fact within the Arsenal internet community. <laughs> and I think that's why we have this amplification and this kind of mad panic. Um, I don't know if that's the only reason. I mean, obviously, the, the failure 
to win anything in the past few years has also made the fans a bit restless. But I do think that that, uh, that blog facet has contributed. Nasri, Samir Nasri, is the name that's been on every website, every news feed, uh, every newspaper this week. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, a, a sort of a playmaker from from Marseille. They say he can play on, on either wing. Uh what do you know about him? I mean, I, I don't know a huge amount about him other than what they, they say in the papers. Uh, what do you know about him and, and where do you think he's going to fit into the team? Um, again, like yourself, I haven't seen him play much. I've seen him play in the UEFA Cup but, um, and obviously the obligatory YouTube clips. But uh, he is a playmaker from what I can tell. He's not... Uh, He's not a sort of a traditional. I mean, you said on your blog he's he's more of a club than an Overmars, and I think that's I think that's fair enough. But I do see him being bought primarily for the wide positions, uh, probably primarily for the left, uh, especially with the emergence of Walcott on the right, and um, possibly for a more central role in Europe or in a in a four-five-one. The sort of positions that club has occupied this season. All right. Uh, speaking of Kleb, uh, speculation is that he's got an offer worth 125000 a week on, on the table from Inter Milan. Barcelona and Real Madrid apparently are interested too. It, it seems uh, likely that, that he's going to go. Uh, Nasri, a direct replacement? A direct replacement, no. Uh, there are hopefully a more direct replacement would be, uh, <laughs> be something I would say. And... Um, the other thing about Nasri is that he's he's very young. I mean, Kleb, Kleb was one of our more experienced players, believe it or not. They didn't often show it uh, on the pitch, any sort of leadership qualities or whatever. He's 27, I believe, Kleb now. Uh, he's sort of in that peak period of his career. And uh, we don't have many players at that stage in their career. So hopefully Nasri, I'm sure, is a talented player and I'm sure will flourish. But... Uh, you know, something we say every season, it seems, but a little bit more experience around the team would be good as well. Yeah, I mean, there is that danger, isn't there? I mean, there's two other French guys linked and, I don't know, Bob Coughlin and whatever the other fellow's name is, I can't remember. But uh, I haven't heard of either of them. One is 17 and one is 20. Uh, and while they may be good players in the future, what we need probably to take us to, to silverware next season is... You know that little bit of experience, that bit of savvy uh, that 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 we lacked, and we can't necessarily wait for another group of of players to to learn their trade while we're trying to win titles. Yeah, well, I think often, you know, whenever he's asked about will you be buying experience, it's a question he gets asked all the time. He always says things like, uh, "We will buy quality." Instead, you know, he, he always sort of jumps the question slightly. I, I think that he's really cautious to buy anybody over the age of about 22. Uh, they have to be pretty exceptional players for him to do that, I think. And uh, I think that he, ho- hopefully, he sees that there is the need after the departure of Flamini and with the problems at centre back for a couple of exceptional players to come in. And uh, I mean, to be honest, there's a chance for people to come. St- straight into the first team, directly into the side, which there isn't there isn't that often at Arsenal in recent summers. Normally we've been buying around the squad or buying for the future, but I think in those two positions we need people who can pretty much from day one do the job. Well, what do you think the, the reason behind his, 
reluctance to go for experience is in, in that you look at some of the more uh, successful signings he's made in the last in the last few years. Saul Campbell would be one who was a player full of experience. Jens Lehmann was another who was a very experienced player. Uh, what has changed him from, from a guy that bought in established talent like, like Overmars, like Petit, to somebody whose focus was more uh, on youth? I know there was the money side of things, but do you think there was something he was trying to prove a point, perhaps? Maybe. I think, I think Arsene is aware, as aware as anybody, really, of the nature of the way in which the transfer market is changing. And I do feel that he feels that to pay... You know, we laughed at Tottenham for buying Luka Modric, who admittedly is a young player himself. But for, to spend now £17 million on a player or £20 million on a player in a system whereby they can, after three years, buy out their contract for a fraction of that sum... I can't help but think that that plays quite heavily on Arsenal's mind. Sure. Um, and by by buying young players, if anything, you secure them for longer. Those those rules are different for players aged over 28. It's far easier for them to get out, and they get out after one year less. Um, I do think, obviously, it's a philosophy. Amazing that this is the manager who I, I distinctly remember people saying, why won't he give young players a chance, you know, and uh, he, he was relying on experience too much. I mean, I remember that, you know, it was sort of at the time David Bentley was coming through and others like him. Sure. Obviously, he just didn't consider the young players were good enough at that time. It was a different market. But he had, you know, this is the way he is now. And I think, I think he thinks he can engender loyalty easier in young players. I think he can engender a better team spirit, a better footballing philosophy. Um... But you know those reasons are privy to us, and you know we don't we we can only guess. I think. All right. Well, we'll see what he does. Uh, we'll see what he does this summer. Uh, I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about the Champions League final. Now, uh, it was uh, not exactly ideal for for Arsenal fans watching, but uh, Ashley Cole now has two losers' medals in in Champions League finals, and call me a small man, a petty man. But I find that kind of warming. I was just going to say, I'm sure he went to Chelsea for more medals, and now he's, you know, he's got another European medal. It's great. Yeah, he's got a Carling so, Cup medal. You know, hey, that, come on. Sorry, I was I forgot. I hope that slipped my mind. Um, but uh, I was delighted. I was delighted to see him lose. I mean, I I did want Chelsea to win because I I despise them with less ferocity than I despise Man U. But I. You know, I, I wasn't going to complain at the at the outcome, especially in a penalty shootout in which Ronaldo, John Terry, and Nicholas Anelka were the villains. I think that's uh, that's about as much as I could have asked for, apart from Ashley Cole's death. <laughs> that would have been the icing on the cake. It really would. <laughs> it would, but sadly, I can't remember. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Who it was, but somebody said um, that there was a, it was on the forums, an last blog, and they said that uh, there was a, an assassin, on the, a sniper on the roof um, in an Arsenal kit. And then somebody else said that, uh, unfortunately, it was Cleb. He would never shoot. <laughs> Excellent. Well, can't argue with that. That's brilliant. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll talk to you on another Arscast soon. Uh, stay safe and, and mind those transfers. Okay, and you. Cheers to Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com for his uh, words and thoughts and uh, musings, shall we say, on, on Arsenal, which is r- good for an Arsenal podcast. You see, now, uh, all this uh, talk of theme tunes has, has reminded me that uh, the man in the bar was, he was desperately looking for his own theme tune last week. And um, yeah, I might i might have slightly lied to him about there being one ready for this week. Uh, some people did come up with some uh, contributions. Graham Denny, thank you very much. It was very um, Nintendo, but thank you very much uh, for, for sending it along. Uh, Lewis Morton uh, sent one in, but it was quite poety. It was uh, like a poem. There wasn't quite enough music for the theme music, but the poem, there was a poem about the man in the bar, but no no music. But thank you anyway, Lewis. And uh, Andy Murray suggests the Irish Rover. I, I'm thinking at this stage, you know, fuck him. What the fuck did he ever do to deserve a theme tune? All he does is sit there, drink the pint that I pay for, uh, and just waffle on for about three minutes about some old player. Any old cunt could do that. You don't need a theme tune for it. Uh, so maybe next week we'll um, expect some industrial action. Perhaps he might get in his flowers about this. Uh, for this week, though, uh, here's a player history. Hello! And welcome to another player history on the Arscast. Now, I'm assuming, given the fact I'm recording this beforehand, you know, he goes and edits it all together and stuff. That my new team tune that I was demanding will be in place, and you'll have just heard it. The Irish blogger fella assures me that it's in post-production, whatever the hell that means. I don't know why you'd have to send it by post, perhaps it's that copyright thing. You know when someone says, I've got a great idea, how do I copyright it? And someone says, you know what you should do? And they go, what? He says, you should write it in a letter, right? And then you put it in an envelope and post it to yourself, and never open that envelope. And you have the date mark on the front from the post office where you send it to yourself. And then you can prove that it was you that had the great idea if somebody else steals your idea. Now how they'd steal your idea is beyond me. Unless they were in your bureau or rooting around in your drawers. How would they get your idea? But maybe it protects you from coincidence and things like that. Anyway, he says I'm going to have a team tune. And I take the man at his word. He's never lied to me yet. Well, not much. I have to say... So I hope you enjoyed it, and it sticks in your brain for the rest of the day. A bit like that song, What's the Colour of Money? What's the Colour of Money? Don't tell me that you think it's green, me, I know it's red. See, that song, once it gets into your head, it never, ever gets out. Champions League final? Oh, Jesus, I laughed.
I was laughing at that little cunt Ashley Cole, but the fact that John Terry was crying so much, it was so hilarious it made me forget United even won it. So thank you, John Terry, for making what was going to be the biggest cunt fest on earth into something relatively bearable. This week our player history is quite a short one because your man hasn't done an awful lot in his career. In fact, he only did one thing that's worth talking about, to be honest. His name was Graham, and his surname was Stack. That makes his name Graham Stack. And he was a goalkeeper, young Irish fella so he was. And the greatest moment of his football career came in 2001, when he was sent on loan to Beveren in Belgium. There was Graham Stack and ten fellas from the Ivory Coast. The great games of odd man out in that club, I tell you. Anyway, there was a bit of an old shindig, a bit of a hooliganism going on, and these guys came on the pitch, and they were shouting at him and roaring at him, and what did Graham Stack do? He fucking floored one of them with a right hook like you've never seen. Mike Tyson would have given ten cupfuls of jism to throw a punch like that. He came back to Arsenal and played a few games in the old Carlin Cup and then, and then went to Millwall where he fell in with a bad crowd because you know what they're all like down in Millwall. And then he went to Reading and then Wolves and then back to Reading and that. And who cares where he is now? He'll never beat that day when he floored the fellow with the punch. I suppose it's a bit of a shame to have the highlight of your career so early and nothing to do with football at all. But that's just the way it goes sometimes. It's true. More from the man in the bar on next week's Arscast. I'll break the news to him in the week that he's not getting a theme tune. Whether or not that's reflected in next week's player history remains to be seen. Now, oh, just as I'm sitting here, there's been a, a Samir Nasri update. The update is, there's no further news. We will get further updates telling us there's still no updates a little later on. Now, transfers going out, um, information received during the week makes it look extremely likely that Alexander Kleb, despite the protestations of Arsene Wenger, will be leaving the club uh, this summer. Where he's going, we don't know. We know the offers on the table from uh, Inter Milan, also from uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. So he's got his pick of clubs, uh, basically. Uh, so um, I think we have to say goodbye to Kleb. Uh, Nasri, I suppose, will be the uh, will be the replacement in the squad for him. Other news: uh, Philip Sanderos linked with a move to Juventus. Uh, he says, though, he wants to stay at Arsenal. He says Arsene Wenger wants him to stay at Arsenal. I quite want him to stay as well. I'm not saying we don't need to uh, improve the centre of our defence. I think we definitely do. But I don't think we can afford to lose four or five players uh, this summer at all. So uh, that's really about that in terms of the uh, transfer news. Silliest story, of course, of silly season came uh, early in the week when David Dean... Um, I don't know, I, I assume it was David Dean who, who put this story out in the press that, that Arsene Wenger was looking to bring him back to the club. With the departure of Keith Edelman, it meant that everything would be hunky-dory and rosy in the garden of David Dean. The fact that David Dean doesn't actually own any shares in Arsenal anymore. He sold them all to a big, fat, horrible Russian Man United supporting cunt. So that kind of puts that story in its place. But it really was uh, undoubtedly the silliest story we're, we're going to see uh, this season. I mean, Dean coming back would be just completely and utterly unexpected. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Ozblog Ozcast. Hello. My name is George, and I've got another tale of the unexpected. This week I was in Liverpool trying to sell a few 
iron bars that I found. I saw that they couldn't afford to build a new stadium. So I went up and I said, I've got a few old iron bars here that'll set you on your way when it comes to building a new stadium. And they said, no thanks, we don't want any iron bars. Cunts. Anyway, I went around the streets to try and sell them. And I ran into a cousin of Joey Barton. And the thing is, right, he didn't kick me to the ground, then smashed me teeth in, then caved the back of me head in with one of the iron bars, before taking out an axe that he had hidden in his coat, and lopping off me hands and me feet, and then sticking me feet up me hole, and me hands down me throat, and then chopping me mickey off, and sticking me mickey up me nose, and basically dismembering me corpse, before raping me in the ear, and then gouging out me eyes, and putting me balls where me eyes used to be. That was unexpected. To me. That was a tale of the unexpected. This part of the Arscast is a re-record, because I came in last night and recorded while um, slightly inebriated, we should say. Uh, so we've had drunken Arscasting before, and this is a hungover Arscasting, which you can probably tell by the voice, because it tends to drop an octave or two uh, after some beers, which is what I had last night, because we had to go and, and support the Mug Smasher, you see, because in his wisdom... He's decided to climb mountains, four mountains in three days. And before you start thinking, oh, wow, Mug Smasher, what a brave and courageous individual he is to put his life on the line, to climb four mountains in three days. What a man, what energy, what passion, what desire for life he must have. In Ireland, we don't necessarily have mountains in the same way that you would think about mountains. You know, tall with snow on the top kind of fuckers. We just kind of have big hills, basically. So there's no point in thinking he's a he's a great man or anything. He, he's not. He's not. He's a flawed, deeply flawed individual. But uh, he's my brother. He's the only one I've got. So I had to go and support him. And now I'm sitting here with a headache the next morning, having listened to what I recorded last night, going, Oh, oh no, you can't put that on air, uh, which I can't. It was most uncomplimentary about three or four subsections of society, 14 races of people, a number of political parties, about six individuals specifically about whom I made comments which were libelous, slanderous, and quite possibly illegal. So I've had to put it on the back burner. But maybe it'll it'll turn up again in terms of an outtake. You never know when things calm down a bit. But it was, to the final part of the Arscast, what Ibuwe is to wing play. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Ibuwe. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Ibuwe. Ibuwe like anthropod. Top three Ibuwe anthropod. Number one. Barnacles. Ibuwe love billions of bilious, blue, blistering barnacles. Number two, centipede. Centipede have 1,000 legs. Family of centipede 
have ten children. Each centipede need one thousand shoes. Ebue admires centipede father who go out and earn money to buy one thousand shoes for each centibaby. Number three, Ebue anthropod, scorpion. Ebue jealous of scorpion. Who not jealous of creature that live under rock and can shoot poison from tail? You go now. Tune in next week for more At Home with Ebue. Oh, baby. Mmm, centibabies dipped in honey. Breakfast time. Uh, so that's about it for this week's Arscast. There really isn't anything else to talk about. We could perhaps have updated you on the latest Samir Nasri news. Were there any? I'll just check the news wires here now. Click, 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 look. This is me pretending to check. Uh, no news. No signings. Uh, obviously, this means there is going to be uh, some uh, people taken to intensive care to hospital having had their strokes, their brains having burst out their eyes uh, because we haven't signed anyone yet. And we should take a moment to stop and consider those people and then point at them and laugh as they become drooling vegetables with only one side of their face working. It's only fair. All right, then. Until next week's Arscast, take it easy. Uh, Have a good weekend and talk to you all next week on the blog. Cheerio. Predator-looking diving, cheating, come from hell. You're a hideous mutant, bottling predator-looking diving, cheating, come from hell. You're a hideous mutant, bottling, cheating-looking predator diving, motherfucking can't get the lyrics right, motherfucking cheating, drop a cunt from hell. I hope you die. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.